Let's uh, talk about text messages, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go across here. Let's see what's come through so far. Here we go. I wonder how you're going to pay for the wireless, for, for the wireless charging. Okay, so I, I came up with this um, crazy idea during our positively different news that we should just have a system where you can wirelessly charge from the electrical fields that are created by all of the wires that are around us. Like you get you drive under high tension wires, your battery charges. You drive past underground wires, your battery charges. And and. And so um, the person is asking, I wonder how they're going to bill you for wireless charging. Well, here's my thing, see. Here's my, here's my idea. If you can invent this, how are they going to charge you? Yeah, and this is why they probably wouldn't invent it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I want to invent it in my backyard and then buy an electric car, hook it up to an electric car. I'm good to go. Nah, bro, just chuck it. But if they could, if they could figure out a way of charging you for that, then you can pretty much drive anywhere where there's going to be wires every now and then, and your car will stay charged. That'll solve the problem of range with electric cars. You know what will really solve the problem with range with electric cars? What? If they, if they ran off sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but also nuclear power. If you just had a big uh, nuclear fusion But if they ran off sweat, core. then you're going to have to have pedals in your car so you actually pedal your electric car. <laughs> That's so funny. So, so you, you work pedal up the car to work up sweat to charge. The... Dude, that's a hybrid system. You've got pedal power and sweat power. Okay, next part of the text message. <laughs> I'm not sure I should read during the breakfast show, but I'm going to. As for using pee in case of emergencies, many people drink it for health reasons in the world. Yuck. No, 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 no. no. In emergencies, many of us would do the same. Well... I'd rather just die. I'm like, I just choose death. Um, anyway. For uh, health reasons. It's probably it, the most unhealthy thing you can do. That's a fact. That is a fact. Like, yes, you can do it in emergencies. I think a lot of us yeah, know. Yeah, you know, if you're lost at sea. Bear Grylls story. Like, don't want to talk about don't it. Don't want to think about that. But I just, not for health reasons. There is no doctor in the world who could possibly no, make a case no, that people do it never. for good health. Not going to happen. Mm. Okay, praise the Lord for Nick uh, mm. Vojcic and the Pro-Life Bank. As for social contagions and everything else involving and including mass abortion, surely this is part of mass depopulation uh, plan. Nothing this big happens worldwide by accident. This is Satan and his fallen angels around and in control of the minds of people who actually plan these things. Soon God will open the curtains and reveal all, and when the world realizes the Truth, the total destruction of these people will happen just before the return of Jesus, the second coming. A time of terror for these people in the world uh, has never seen from the beginning of time. So, yeah, pretty heavy uh, text message there, but I find it hard to disagree with the concepts that are being presented right there. It is, it's just a tragedy. Our world is a, mm. is a very tragic place right now. Mm. Hey, guess what I'm doing tonight? What? Dry run. Dry run tonight for the N.Digital. What does that mean? It means we come in, we set up all of the gear, all of the equipment, and see if it works. That is great. Because tomorrow night, Mm -hmm. it's starting. Yes. It's happening. I'm so excited. So tonight we do a dry run. Tomorrow night we do the real thing, and it starts at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So Mm -hmm. make sure you tune in to the N.Digital. Go there, and at 8 o'clock, and you'll be able to interact with us. We'll be live. Yeah. We'll be here on Faith FM as well. So you can tune into Faith FM, but go there live and... Um, Jump in the comments. Yes. Oh, oh mate, I'll be... Sharissa Tarosian and myself, we will be we will be there just going for it. I'll be in those comments, Lyle. You better believe it. 
Yes, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I want the top fan badge. I want to stump Lyle. <laughs> no. Send in those difficult questions. No, because it's going to be great. Like, I think, what what's the topic? Just remind our listeners. The, the topic is the end of time. Yeah, of course. Like The end of digital, the end of time. This is, this is all what the issues relating to the end of time. This is what it's all been list, le- leading to. Yes. Because you've done end dot digital series on kind of, you know, every kind of topic. Well, a bunch of different Well, we have topics. another one coming up for later in the year. Yeah. But now it's end dot digital, end of time. This yes. is like this is like the the peak right here. Yes. You're about to we, peak. We kinda, you're going to No, we kind of do our peak one in the middle of the year each year. Mm. And then we and have our more it. boutique ones yeah. at other times. Oh, wow. You're a bit niche. Yes, our niche one. We've, <laughs> we've, we've got a niche one coming up for Halloween, so you do not want to miss out on yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds you amazing. You do not want to miss out on that. I, all right, I'm keen. Everybody, so it's going to be Faith FM, Facebook, YouTube, The End of Digital. Get in. Get in, everyone. All right. Lyle. Yes. Are we going to do a Bible study? Oh, let's do a Bible study. Okay, so as an introduction to our Bible study, we're going to talk about popple trees. Popple trees? Popples. I have no idea. I, like, literally so my no wife comes from is. Wisconsin, uh-huh. and in Wisconsin there are a lot of popple trees, and they're kind of rubbish. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't use them for much. Uh, they're, they're terrible for firewood. They just create ash and smoke and no heat. They're not. They're of... not a hue and pine. You know. No, they are not a hue and pine. <laughs> they are super common. Like they're just everywhere. Probably the one thing that they are useful for is paddle pops. Oh wow! Really? Yes, they make paddle pops and matchsticks out of them. Mm. Or paper. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of that useless kind of wood, that... and they don't burn that well. Mm. Which is what why they make good matches because they burn slowly. Because if you're trying to start a fire and you use a piece of hewn pine and it was yeah, and vanish in no time. If you use popple, it just burns slowly and you can use it to light a fire with. Mm. Okay, so they do have their uses. But what is interesting about popple trees is that they mostly live below ground. Huh. They mostly live below ground. They're otherwise known as aspen trees. A lot of people call them aspen trees, but. Up in Wisconsin, they get called popple. Why do they live? How do they live below ground? Okay, so here's how it works: they have this massive root system, right, that develops underground, mm. and they send up suckers from the root system that turn into trees. Mm-hmm. So rather than growing from seeds, they can grow from seeds, but they mostly grow by just sending up these suckers from ground. And the plant that grows above ground is not is very fast growing, but not incredibly long lived. Mm. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this in just a moment. There's a great lesson that we can learn from popple trees. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so many of you probably got trees in your backyard that will come up from you know suckers that come up from the root system, mm. um, and this is how you know this particular aspen trees. This is how they continue on, and so what will happen is that they'll send up a tree. The tree will grow, the tree will live, the tree will do its thing, the tree will get old, the tree will die, or the tree will get cut down and turned into matchsticks or paddle pops or something like that. Uh, and, but the roots continue to live. This is like the parasite of trees. Kind of, although it doesn't live on other trees. It lives on the nutrients of other trees. Mm. Now, those roots can then spread out all over the place, mm. and so it can send up new trees in a place where there was no popples before. Oh. So it can colonate new areas. 
Just from spreading underground. Just from spreading underground. Mm. And because of because most of the tree lives underground, it's actually immune to bushfire. <laughs> yeah, true. You can send a bushfire through, and you could have a bushfire that was so hot that it reduces everything above ground to ash. Yeah, wow. And the popple tree just you know sends up a bunch of new new sprouts from underground, and away it goes again. Mm. Nothing going to stop it. Okay, so there are there is one popple tree in Utah, I believe it is. Yes, Utah, that covers an area of 106 acres. Wait, so just you've got this one tree. Yes, and the root system, the root system. covers 106 acres. And it has, you know, it has above-ground plants all through that whole area, but they've done DNA testing. Well, do they do DNA? Whatever. They've done testing they've and, they're, and they're it, all yeah. one. It's all one tree. It's all yeah, one, wow. One single living organism covering 106 acres. That's intense. That's massive. It's huge. I lived on four acres. And I'm like, if a tree was four, four acres of, like four square acres of roots. That would be big. Is massive. Yes. But 106. 106. And this tree has been alive from at least the time of the flood. Oh, so it's like super old. Super dude. old. Because the actual trees themselves, they they don't last that long. Um, they, they max out at about 40 metres high. That's a, a really, really big one, but you rarely mm. see them that big, 30 to 40 metres. Above ground, they'll last anywhere from 40 up to 150 years. That's all. But underground, they just live forever. Mm-hmm. It's been there from at least the time of the flood. I mean, <laughs> hey, it could have been, you know, maybe it's something that survived in the soil before the flood. I don't know, during the flood and just sort of kept coming back because of where it ended up after it had floated around and got some nice soil landed on top of it. Who knows? But it's been there for a very, very, very long time. Okay. Now, here's the key. And this is why our Bible study is talking about popple trees. And... Uh, the key is that they're a little bit like sin. Mm. Okay? Oof. They're a little bit like sin. Heavy. Um, they're not much good for anything but matches and starting fires. Mm. Okay, to begin with. And burning. But being a little bit like sin, they tend to live under the surface. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about this for yourself, because sin is one of those things that in our lives it tends to live under the surface, doesn't it? You know, we don't we don't project out to the world like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a great sinner, and look at all these sins that I'm doing." Um, let me list them off for you. We don't we don't live our lives like that as Christians, do we? No. Particularly those of us who are Christians in ministry. Yeah, our sin tends to live under the surface. Mm. But it can spread under the surface and it can grow, and if we allow it to, it can go and 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 go. And that can be a really, until it inhabits a very large part of our life. And that's a really, really dangerous thing in relationship to sin. And we're going to talk about a sin this morning. In fact, our Bible study uses this symbol of the popple tree or the aspen tree. Somebody sent us through a picture just now on the text message of some aspen trees. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of cool. But um, our, our, our lesson goes back to this particular symbol because our lesson is going to talk about selfishness. Mm. 
And selfishness is the primary reason that we suffer from discontent. Mm. It's the primary thing that makes us poverty-stricken. You think about that. Yeah, Because wow. our, our lesson really is based on this principle that the wealthiest man in the world is a person who is content. Yes. You cannot be wealthier than contentment. That's an impossibility. So what is it that makes us discontent? What is it that robs us of our wealth? It's selfishness. Mm. And selfishness is one of these things where, once again, we don't go out proclaiming to the world, hey, I'm the most selfish person on the planet. Mm. We just don't do that. It lives below the surface. And if left unchecked and uncontrolled by the power of God's grace, it can grow and it can spread and it can take over very large portions of our life. It can control our life. Mm. So here's an interesting question, Lawson. Uh, when in your life have you had enough money? Oh. <laughs> 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 that's, yeah, good one. <laughs> no, that's that's a great question. I think it's like like a great philosophical one to consider, it is. right? It is. You know, because we do very much like... I, 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 I have a pretty unconventional life in terms of the, do. the work that I do and the, the way that I use my finances and, and different things. But then at the same time, there is like, it's a bit of a like keeping up with the Joneses situation where it's like you look at your own life and you're like, oh yeah, like I have enough for this, but at some point I'm going to need enough for this. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm a young adult, I'm 22 and it's kind of like, oh, I have, a, I have enough to, you know, provide for myself. But one day I'm going to need more to provide for a wife, a kids, buy a house, you know, kind of thing. It's like the idea is that we're supposed to continually progress and, you know, yeah, sure, I'm doing all right now. I'm like chill, I'm comfortable. But, oh, is it, you know, is it enough? Like will it, will it be enough? There's always yes. that kind of looming thought. Um, and I feel like, you know, yeah, it's just the, the result of – Living, living in capitalism. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying that there's a solution to this outside no, of capitalism. No, and I will tell you right now that if you live in a communist system rather than a capitalist system, mm-hmm. your mind will work exactly the same way. 100%. Because yeah. all communism is, socialism, is a denial of the sinful nature. Yes. It's yes. all it is. It's like, mm. no, the sinful nature doesn't exist. We're not naturally selfish. Mm. Yeah, but... Uh, capitalism says, capitalism is... An acceptance of the sinful nature. Yes, we are um, naturally selfish and we will use this selfishness to progress. Mm. <laughs> it's so true. Neither system. Neither system is perfect. Mm. You know, I prefer capitalism over communism all day long, but there is never going to be a human system of government that is going to be ultimately successful. <laughs> But even like the... Because of selfishness. Because of selfishness. And I feel like that, that then bleeds into the expectations of, of society and who you should be and what you should do and how you should end up. And, and it again, circles back to the question of like, have you ever had enough money? And it's like, well, ultimately... I never have. I'll be honest. Yeah. I've never had enough money. Mm-hmm. And I am, you know, by, by world standards, I'm fabulously wealthy. Yeah, wow. Well. You know, by Australian standards, I'm like, yeah, you know. But by world standards, anyone in Australia is fabulously wealthy. Yeah, well, dude, same. (laughs) But do you have enough money? Mm. Ask yourself, as a listener this morning, ask yourself this question, do I have enough money? Mm. 
And if you can honestly say, I have enough money, then that's a great thing because there is no wealthier person than a content person. Mm -hmm. Then give some to me. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a valid point because if you have enough, Mm. then... You have no problem with sharing some, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, I've got enough money. Okay, then share some. And suddenly it's like, well. Well, I don't have enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right, so we're going to go to Luke chapter 12, and we're going to start reading in verse 13. Now that we've talked about this uh, object lesson right here, because um, it's a really good object lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Luke chapter 12, yeah? Let me just. And uh, Luke chapter 12 and verse 13, was it? That's the one. Luke 12 and verse 13. The Bible says this as I find it on the page. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Interesting story right here. Imagine, you know, you're Jesus and you've been saying lots of wise things and so, you know, this person's like, I have the solution. I'm being ripped off. (laughs) I'm going to get Jesus to be the arbiter on this. And Jesus is like, look, you're missing the whole point right here. This is not how life is measured. I'm a minister, not an accountant. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so let's go back to this Bible passage that we're looking at in Luke chapter 12, verse 13, uh, down through verse 21 is eventually where we're going to get to with this. But, you know, just starting it off right there, you know, I've got someone in the crowd said to teach it, tell my brother to divide in the inheritance with me. Mm. And so this is a will dispute. How often are families torn apart over a dispute over a will? Oh, it's hectic. Like I've seen it in my own Way family. too many times. Yeah. And the simple reality is that it is it is just the worst thing for any family to go through. And I like Jesus' answer, reply, you know, his reply here is, it's like, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter, arbiter between you? I'm not going to get involved in this. Why should mm. I get involved in this? Your heart is in the wrong place. Mm. And when I look at this kind of situation right here, what Jesus is saying is that relationships are worth more than money. Yes, and your relation, you only have one family, mm. and your relationship with your family is worth more than money. Mm. And so often, what we do is that because we are selfish, and that selfishness has been growing through our entire body like the roots of an aspen, mm. it's permeated every single part of us. We get to the point where we are prepared to sacrifice absolutely anything. And we will sacrifice our family just so that we can get our fingers on some dollars. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Because yesterday we're looking about about how Jesus kind of flips the idea of family being before God. And he's like, oh, you know, God comes first before everything, even before family. And then here it's like there's a situation where it's like, oh, um, money is coming before family. And isn't it interesting how people... Often, yeah, they live the the other way around. Like God has put this kind of standard in where it's like, you know, God first, family second, you know, your relationships with those who are close to you second, and then underneath, you know, material wealth, all those kinds of things. Um, because obviously, like those things are important. We live in a world that is run by money. Like, and and we, 
money does all kinds of things. Um, but it's interesting how people often flip that occasion, uh, equation. It's money first, family second, and God, God last. last. And it's just like, and you see the kind of social and financial ruin that actually brings to people by putting money first. Oh, absolutely. Like, I've seen it again and again and again. People putting money first who end up with nothing. I know some people that are fabulously wealthy mm. and horrifically unhappy. Mm. And when you think about it, you know, you, you look at what is happening in a will dispute. So this is what's what we've got in this story right here. What's actually taking place in a will dispute is a situation where a person has two options. They can preserve their relationship with their family or they can get money. Mm. And what they are what the question that they are asking themselves is which of these two options will bring me greater happiness? And they have clearly concluded that the money will give them more happiness than the relationship. Yeah, wow. Well. And that's a very, very broken individual. That's a very, very broken person who comes to that conclusion. Mm. All right, let's see here. Where are we? Luke chapter 12. Where did we get up to? Uh, we got up to verse, what, 15? 15. Let me see here. What were we reading there in verse 15? He said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's mm. life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Mm. Okay, now we're going to read a famous passage. Let's read it from verse 16 to 21. All right, the Bible says this, Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have any room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have had enough stored away for years to come. Now, take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you own? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have any rich relationship with God. Yeah, wow. You know, if I call somebody a fool, they might be a fool. Mm. And they, But they might not be a fool. Mm. I might be the fool. Yes. But when God calls somebody a fool, <laughs> they are a fool. Mm. And... I've heard this so often, you know, particularly amongst guys when guys talk and, you know, about the purpose of life. Yes. The purpose of life is toys. Mm. He who is with the most toys wins. Mm. And here you have the story of a man who has the most toys. Yes. You know, because he says here, okay, so my, 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 my ground, my, my, my land is, is bringing forth plentifully. What will I do? Well, I'm going to tear down these barns. I'm going to build bigger barns and just bigger and bigger. I'm going to have more toys. And then I'm going to sit back, I'm going to eat, I'm going to be drink, I'm going to be merry, and I'm going to enjoy all the toys that mm. I have. And God turns around and says, if that's your philosophy on life, you're a fool. Mm. If that's the meaning of life for you, you're a fool, and you would sacrifice that for a relationship with God. Mm. If you're prepared to sacrifice, you know, to, 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 to accept that in replace of a relationship with God, you have no idea what can come and the benefits and mm. the blessings of a relationship with God. You have mm. no idea how good that is. Mm. And if you have no idea how good that is, you're a fool. Mm. I think it like, gives the practical reason why he's a fool. It's like you died tonight. Yeah, that's right. It's all over. And then who gets it? And then what's the point? And then it's... Then your kids are going to get it and they're going to squander it. And, you know, you're all going to end up in the judgment, yep. looking at each other, yep. sad and upset. That's right. And it's, oh, it, 
It's so true. I love the way it writes verse 18, uh, verse 19 uh, in the King James Version after he's built his bigger barns. Mm. He says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ears, eat, drink, and be merry. Where he's actually, you know, he's copying there from a, uh, a Greek philosophy of mm. the time, which is basically a philosophy of hedonism. Anyway, the Bible says that we should be rich towards God, and there we will find fulfillment not being in, not being tight ourselves. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And that now brings us to question of the day. All right, Lyle, our question of the day today is, and this is related to what we're looking at in our Bible study, where Jesus is like, I'm not the arbiter of your personal affairs. Yes. You know, about money. The relationship's more important. That's right. It's like your, your heart's in the wrong place. Mm. So the question is, should we forgive and forget then personal injustices between friends or family members or whoever it may be? Should we forgive and forget those for the sake of the relationship? Okay, so the Bible is uh, very clear about forgiveness, mm. but not about forgetting. Mm. Okay, so it's a very foolish person who forgets because if somebody does an injustice to you or rips you off and you still keep placing yourself in a position where they can continually use you and rip you off, then that's just foolishness and you are just feeding their habit, feeding their addiction, feeding their sin by doing so. So the whole idea of forgetting, no, that's not biblical, not whatsoever at all. Forgiving, however, is... Now let's read what the Bible has to say on this subject because and you know how should we retaliate when a family member ha, um, has done some great injustice to us? Matthew chapter five, six, and seven is kind of like Jesus' manifesto. It's where he outlines, you know, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's where he outlines, you know, what the kingdom of God is all about. Anyway, in verse forty-three, it says, "You have heard that it has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I say unto you, love your enemies. Now, how many of us have family members who are enemies? I want you to think about that for a moment. That's, that's, that's scarily common in today's world. Mm. I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he makes his sun to shine on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those which love you, what reward do you have? Don't the publicans do the same? Tax collectors? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Don't the tax collectors do the same? But you be you therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So this is a really insightful passage here where Jesus is outlining the principle of retaliation. Mm. And how should we retaliate to injustice? Your the, the question that's come through from the listener there is is specifically in relationship to family members. The Bible says that we are to love them. If they have made themselves our enemies, we are to love them. The relationship is more important than the money and it is more important than the retribution. Now, if they have done something wrong and they have done something illegal, then there is nothing wrong with the law of the land taking care of that. There are consequences to sin. 
Jesus never takes away the consequences of sin. But we should never sacrifice our relationship with our family and with others just for the sake of money. Mm. This is the principle right here. And even when they're suffering terrible consequences, we should do what we can to uh, to help them through those circumstances and to show them love and to show them compassion as Jesus would have us to do so. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.